What is up, everybody? We have 10 minutes with our good friends Rob and Joe from over at the uh, the product development team. We're going to talk all about a new member of our optics family. The uh, the Strike Eagle family has grown a little bit, guys. Yes, we've added another low-power variable to the, uh, the product family. This time, it's another 1 to 8, but not a second focal plane 1 to 8. This is a first focal plane 1 to 8 Strike Eagle. Yep, yep, exactly. I mean, you nailed it on the head. I think this has been one folks have been hoping for, anxiously awaiting. Like you said, it is a 1 to 8 by 24 first focal plane, new reticle. New reticle, new reticle. Yep. yep. The EBR-8. That is correct. EBR-8 MOA. Let's talk a little bit about the EBR-8 MOA. What do we got going on there? So for this reticle, we really took a, a step back and... Um, we wanted to focus on just bringing the eyeball to the center uh, aiming point. And so we did some things um, there while also taking account of the fact that people really like the ARBDC3. So it's a familiar, familiar looking reticle with features that a lot of people will recognize and really like. But we just did a couple little things to really enhance the uh, um, close range capability of, of the reticle. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, I mean, we're looking at, uh, you know, like a lot of first focal plane, low power variable optics. You've got uh, almost like red dot sight functionality with the illumination engaged on the low end. Mm -hmm. And then as you go up in magnification, you can uh, engage those uh, those targets at extended ranges. At extended ranges. Yeah. And then also do so uh, accurately and fast with the the sub the I guess the subtension yeah, graduations yep. in there. So, uh, if I remember correctly, you've got references out to six hundred yards. That's correct. Yes. yes. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Very yeah, cool. and it's it's uh, you know, we came out with the Razor one to ten, and that was our first. Well, not our first first focal plane scope. I guess the original Razor was uh, the Gen one Razor one to four. Was it? So we had so in the LPVO, yeah, we way back in the day we had a first focal plane one to four Gen one Razor that was kind of the uh, you know the brother optic to the uh, the uh, five to twenty right right by fifty yeah. So with the uh, with the recent I guess one to ten Gen three we've got uh, that really really bright center reticle um, mm -hmm. illumination and, and this doesn't have the same reticle illumination technology. It's also a completely different price point than the Razor. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the things Joe was mentioning we we did change some of the um, uh, kind of the, the heavy stadias to draw your eye more to the center to aid in in shooting at low magnification if maybe it's a, it's a really bright scene or, or something like that. And I think Joe Joe was one of the main designers of the reticle and did a really nice job with that. And it's very effective in both close uh, closer targets and and medium and longer range targets for for the kind of the AR platform or whatever else you might want to put it on. Yep. Yeah. And you brought up price, Rob. This thing's going to retail for, you know, approximately give or take five ninety nine. Yeah, that's right. So just a touch cheaper than the Gen 3 Razor 110 yes. and still a heck of a scope. I mean, it slots in really nice with the second focal plane, one to six, one to eight Strike Eagle. Optically, I'd say it's a notch up from those ones, mm -hmm. and it's probably knocking right on the door of the PST one to six. Yeah. Um, I know when I looked through it, I was like, I was impressed. I was like, five ninety nine. Like, had you... Like not knowing the price beforehand, yeah. I would have assumed, you know, just just the with the clarity and you know resolution, with me looking through it, I was like, man, that's pretty impressive. Like it's it's a nice piece of glass. Yeah, yeah, we're we're really pleased with how it turned out. Again, we uh, we want to take lessons that we learned on the Gen Three Razor One to Ten and kind of apply that to a more budget friendly, low power variable, you know, first focal plane, low power variable optics. So I think what you'll find is, I mean, the field of view at one power. 
Um, that iBox at one power is really, really nice. It's a really wide field of view, really flat, um, really sharp. So at one power, it is similar to what you said earlier, kind of like using a red dot. It's, it's almost like the scope disappears, but then you have the ability to go up in magnification up to eight power and have those, those holdovers and those reference points in the reticle be accurate, regardless at what magnification you're at. Um, another feature in that reticle is we have a, a ranging feature. So you can range um, and get kind of a rough idea of how far your target might be away. You know, depending on what the target is that you're using as reference. So that's gotcha. at the, the top of the 12 clock position. I Correct. Yeah, it's it's uh, the same range of feature that we have in our uh, 1 to 10 um, EBR9 MOA. Okay. So, yeah, so it's going to be 40 inches from the bottom to um, whatever subtension is referenced, and then 18 inches wide at that reference subtension. So okay. 40 inches and 18 inches. Yeah. So, and I mean, the nice thing at any point throughout the zoom range, a person can use that reference and and uh, you know, kind of get that yep. uh, that estimation there. So, mm -hmm. I like that. And if anybody, I, mean, I think probably a lot of people are familiar with first focal plane reticles, but it never hurts to reiterate a first fo focal plane reticle will appear to uh, grow or shrink in direct proportion to magnification. So as you go up in magnification, it'll appear to get bigger. As you go down, it appears to get smaller. And that's what allows you to use those subtension markings or graduations at any point in the zoom range. So yep. probably right. uh, probably redundant for a lot of folks out there. A lot of folks probably didn't need that. But uh, what, uh, yeah, what uh, this thing comes with a few extras, yeah, which is yep. nice. You yep. don't have to buy them, you know, after market or whatever. What do we got going in that department, Rob? Yeah, so some of the accessories that come with it pictured here is the throw lever. So with the second focal plane, Gen 2 Strike Eagles, I guess, as we're calling them, uh, we had a thread-in throw lever to the magnification ring. Mm -hmm. And um, and we decided to go with a, a standalone throw lever on this one. So it's similar to what you'd see on the 5 to 25 Strike Eagle. Okay. And it, that was just based off of feedback that we got. And folks like the ability to take it on and off and just have it be a little bit more customizable on the position that you'd want to put it in. Um, and then also just give it a little bit more a little bit more robust of an installation than kind of the thread and post that's on the 1 to 6 and 1 to 8. In addition to that, you'll get some uh, some flip caps, not pictured here, but those come in the box as well. And I think we've got uh, kind of a new tool system that we're going to that's that's got an integrated hex and kind of coin slot in it that also, if you have more than one of those, they can kind of nest together so you can keep them kind of snap together. So you can keep them um, together in your bag, uh, your range bag or, or whatever you're taking with. And then I think a, another kind of nice thing on this is uh, we've got a new turret design. It's really just a more lightweight approach to the to the uh, low-profile cap turret. This is another Joe special here. Did a really nice job on these. It's shaved out some weight. Uh, it's a little bit heavier. The scope is overall than the second focal plane offerings in the Strike Eagle family, but uh, we had to do some things on the glass side of things that added a little bit of weight in addition to uh, you know giving us better optical quality. So Are first focal plane optical systems inherently heavier? by design or is that just just the way the optical system worked out it is just the way that this one happened to work out um it it's one of those classic it depends answers okay yeah. um which we always like to throw around especially yeah. our one of our optical engineers christian but yeah on this one that it was one of the things that that led to the the heavier weight so gotcha uh, a lot of folks are using night vision these days mm -hmm. nv as we like to call it yeah uh we, we touched on the uh, the illuminated reticle mm -hmm. but appears to be NV compatible on its lowest two settings. Yeah, so you've got kind of two two night vision settings here. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but they're labeled NV1, NV2. 
Um, and, and down at that brightness level, we, we tested that in-house here. And the illumination isn't so bright that it washes out the scene. Um, for those that haven't used night vision with low-power variables, um, there are some kind of extra steps that you have to take in order for that to be usable. It's mainly adjusting your, your rifle scope diopter, and then I think also your nods diopter Correct. a little bit as well to get that to work properly. But those lower two brightness settings are usable with, uh, with night vision. Uh, interesting enough, the uh, the parallax mm-hmm. set at set at one twenty five instead of one hundred. So what, that yeah, yeah, what's the reason behind that? So the thought with this on the on the first focal plane, uh, in conjunction with the first focal plane optical design, was we found that it's a little bit of a break from the standard, I guess, of one hundred that we have on the other low power variables. But what we found was there was really an improvement in optical quality at farther distances by just making that small change to the parallax setting with really a negligible effect on close-range parallax error. Right. So we, we played around with that, and I think it was through things that we learned just through the optical design, and we found we really got a lot better depth of field and a lot better resolution at farther distances. Again, because this is a fixed parallax scope, right? On So where you would typically have an adjustable parallax is just the illumination dial. Mm-hmm. So it's fixed, and we decided to go with 125 on this one for those benefits, and really the benefits outweighed the drawbacks on the on the scope so yeah i mean i would assume i mean you know parallax the way i understand it like it's really going to come into play at those extended ranges Mm -hmm, almost like a moot point at those closer distances so why not increase the overall overall optical performance of the scope that just seems like a a big win there yep yep and people might ask well why not make the parallax at you know 500 yards or you know whatever it, it ends up being and we found that 125 was really kind of the best sweet spot of setting this particular scope for those long-range benefits without having error. You know, if we would have set it at 500, there would have been error at 300 or at 200. That would have been a little bit more pronounced. So 125 was kind of the Goldilocks spot that we were able to find for this one. Awesome. Awesome. Yes, definitely. I mean, LPVOs, I'd say, you know, oftentimes thought of in, uh, you know, optimized for the AR platform, which I think they certainly are not limited to the AR platform, though. You can definitely, they're extremely versatile, versatile scope. I, th- I feel like we're seeing them a little bit more and more actually on ARs for mm-hmm. hunting applications mm-hmm. and then on yep. actually some other rifles as well, like bolt guns for, you know, more close quarters type shooting and and hunting applications. Did we miss anything? Runs on a CR-2032. Yep, one twenty thirty two on the side here. Cap windage and elevation, fast focus eyepiece. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, we, I think we hit all the high points here. Field of view is very similar uh, at 8 power to our second focal plane 1 to 8, um, and it's actually wider than our uh, 1 to 8 second focal plane at 1 power. So okay. we have a little bit wider field of view and a little bit better kind of uh, eye box, essentially, or perception of, of that uh, at 1 power compared to the second focal plane 1. Um, and it's, it's only 100 bucks more. So uh, depending on what you want to do with your build, you can save 100 bucks and put it towards a better trigger, put it towards something else. Or if you want the ability to shoot out a little bit farther and a little bit better glass, you know, maybe spend the extra hundred bucks on the optics. So I think you got a good solution either way, depending on what kind of what your uh, your priorities are. So yeah, absolutely. Joe, anything to add? No, thank you for having me. Yeah, nice work by the way. You guys did a great job on this. I'm super pumped about it. Thanks. Uh, LPVOs, it, uh, incredibly popular, incredibly versatile, incredibly functional. Absolutely. Uh, definitely a solution, an optical solution that. A lot of folks are gravitating towards, I'd yeah. say, when they want. Always hard to find that one, you know, setup to do it all. But these these come pretty darn close. They do yeah. a great job. We have a selection, you know, everything from, uh, you know, I guess, you know, what I consider like our, our entry point 
uh, LPVOs to the Strike Eagle to the Razor HD Gen 3 1 to 10. Uh, so I'd say in the Vortex lineup, we've got a lot to look at. We've got one more to look at. And uh, if you've been thinking about getting an LPVO, check them out. Go to your local retailer, do a little research online, and uh, pick the one that's right for you. Because I'd say we probably have one. Yeah, you hope so. You know, we, we want to do the best we can to provide awesome products at a whole bunch of different price points. Also, one last thing, good news is if you already have a set of, you already have a mount um, mm-hmm. for this that's 30 millimeter for an existing Strike Eagle, this is also 30 millimeter, so you'll yep. be able to reuse that. No problem. Just swap it out, and you're good to go. Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you have any more questions on the Strike Eagle 1 to 8 by 24 first focal plane, let us know. If you have any other questions on LPVOs or anything else, let us know that as well. Uh, Hit us up in the comments. And until next time, uh, happy hunting and shooting, everybody.